afternoon, Delaware Valley. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. Stacey Mitchell is on the jaws of the Schuylkill Expressway right now, so she will be in shortly. We've got an amazing guest here that's coming on for our final segment. Super agent, friend, coworker, teammate, Janine Marie. So Janine, super excited to have you on. She's a little nervous, so she's going to listen in at the beginning, and then we'll, we'll, we'll let her on. So and she's probably embarrassed me even saying this, but that, that's okay. So what we want to talk about today, and again, if you got a question, the email address is info at tooltimeradio.com. And again, uh, Janine and I and Stacy, we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team since 2018 in Pennsylvania and in Delaware. Interesting news coming out from if home prices don't cool down, what's happening with the Fed rising mortgage rates? So there was an article that dropped, and Stacey Mitchell's in the house, everybody, so very, very exciting. So there was an article that dropped yesterday um, on Inman News, and it was written by Matt Carter, where... He proposed if home prices don't cool, watch for the Fed to tighten and rise mortgage rates. Uh, and, 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 you know, Fed tightening, is, what that typically means is they're setting the monetary policy. The Fed does not set mortgage rates. That's a common misconception. A lot of people think that. So what it says in the article here is that there's a lot of economists at Fannie Mae, and they're sending up warning signals that, you know, rents are rising and because of record home price appreciation, there could be long lasting inflation that leads to earlier, more aggressive, aggressive tightening of monetary policy by the Federal Reserve. Uh, there's some speculation that home builders might save the day as they start building homes, creating inventory, which would alleviate some of the record appreciation that we're seeing, although I don't know that really flies in our marketplace here, especially in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, the city of Philadelphia, a lot of development, suburban markets, not as much unless you're going pretty far east. So looking at the Fannie Mae's latest economic and housing forecast, uh, they're saying that after adjusting for seasonal factors, they expect the pace of sales to pick up in the last three months of 2021 and the first three months of 2022. So now that Stacy's all settled in, what do you think about all this? I mean, what, what, what are you seeing here? Because this is, this is what people always talk about. What's the Fed going to do? How's it going to affect the market? Right. Well, it's, it's hard to predict what the Fed's going to do. So that <laughs> we don't know. Um, but I was really surprised to read that. Um, they expect the pace of sales to pick up in the last three months and the first three months of next year. So to me, that's exciting news. And um Definitely buyers and sellers should be excited about that news also. So I think that's really, really positive. Um, the appreciation, um, when I was reading this, it, the 15.7% in April from a year ago, mm -hmm. um, the fastest annual growth in records dating to 1991. So yep. that was exciting news too. Um, and we do see it out there. We, we definitely experience it. Um on a day-to-day -day basis. So I know that some buyers were getting very discouraged. Um, you know, some of them were checking out of the, of the market, but this is all good news, I think. Uh, and it's time to engage these buyers and pull them back in. Uh, you bring up a really good point there. If you're a buyer and you're listening to this right now and you're, you're frustrated or 
you feel like you're just never going to find a house or that the market's just way too competitive, this is not the time to quit. And we talk about this internally when we have our sales meetings. We talk about this externally with our clients. And the message has got to get out there. If you look at some of this data that came out, Fannie Mae economists say they now believe that home price appreciation peaked in the second quarter of this year. That was like three weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, at 17.9% during that quarter. And they're going to see a gradual deceleration. Not not that prices are going to go down. I I I want people to be very clear on this. We're not going to see this bananas appreciation, this incredible appreciation. And we're seeing that on the front lines. I mean, we're seeing it right now where all of a sudden contingencies are available to buyers again. They weren't really there two, three months ago. True. We're seeing that homes aren't selling in one day with 10 offers. Maybe it's seven days with two <laughs> offers, or maybe it's one offer in the first 30 days. So there, there is a little bit of a hesitation. And, and part of that is because people are traveling again. Mm-hmm. This 4th of July compared to 4th of July in 2019 only saw a 2% decrease in people that traveled or had travel plans. That's pretty relevant yeah. because that was pre-pandemic. Right. And that comes from uh, AAA. Uh, the, everyone knows AAA. Mm-hmm. When your car breaks down, that's who you call. So... <laughs> What we're seeing here is that I, I think the consumer psychology needs to almost be strengthened a little bit, especially on, on the purchase side, but also on, on with sellers, because sellers are typically the last ones to realize that the market's going the other way. And when we had David Childers on last week from Keeping Current Matters, I mean, he was really clear. We're on the very front end of a shift. And mm-hmm. I was looking at some June sales data for the greater Philadelphia area. Nick and I were filming some videos today. This is the second month in a row that active listings have outpaced pending sales. So anytime you see that little bit of a dip or and when it kind of goes up again and when you see inventory just drop, 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 or uh, the, the, the pending sales active listing index drop and then it goes the other way, that's the beginning. And it, the people that are going to win, and when, I'm, when I mean win, I'm talking about consumers, the consumers that will win will be the ones that get ahead of this and understand this data now rather than wait until the end of this year, the beginning of next year when the trend's already happening. So what, what, what's your what's your what's your take on that? I mean, I'm clear that's the message that consumers need to hear by tuning in and watching the show today, whether it's on YouTube or, or wherever else. Yeah, definitely. The consumers just be confident that now is the time um, if whether you're buying or selling. Um, there's definitely benefit to both sides. If you're a buyer and a seller, um, it, you know, we deal with those situations also. And there's creative ways to get your house sold and get you into a new house, too. So it's it's definitely the time to get in. Um, so reach out to uh, your trusted agent yeah. <laughs> and get the right information, get the correct information, get all the information um, before you venture out. You said something really important there, get all the information. Mm-hmm. And, and Janine, I'm sure you can agree with this as well. How many times do you hear someone tell you something that is the complete opposite of what's happening in the market right now? Like, like it's, they, have, they have no concept of what's going on, which is our job to communicate and, you know, the, the reality is that there was a survey that came out from, from Zillow. It was their June market data survey that over the next three years, 15% of the population plans to put their homes on the market and move. And that's right in line with that 5% of people at any time are in a real estate decision-making phase in their lives. And the rest, they have no clue because they do this once a decade, once every 11 years, once every 12 years. So that, that when you know, whoever you talk to, just make sure you're getting the right information. Uh, to me, that is the most important thing because, and every home's different, just because you're hearing these stories that homes are selling above the asking price and anything else, there's always opportunities to take advantage of something that may not be as competitive for buyers right now. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of places to look for those opportunities also. And um, there are some hidden gems out there. So you don't always have to go 50000 over asking price and waive every inspection. So that's why it's really, really important to get all the correct information. The, the, the other stuff available in the article here and the other data to consider is that um, U.S. employment is still down by 7 million jobs from the pre-pandemic levels. And, and because of that, I'm clear that the Fed is going to still be patient and, and, and they're not going to start to raise rates quite yet because even though there is this growing inflationary pressure, you know, talk of raising rates right away at this point when there's still these challenges out there. Um, and, and, you know, people are still struggling to find properties and inventory while it's, it's up, it's, it's still less than a month and a half supply in the suburbs and about a two month supply in, in Philadelphia. I, I don't see the fed doing anything now. Mm -hmm. I'm clear. It's going to be like, look to the fourth quarter, look at what happens at the end of the year, because there's always that kind of, and the fed usually meets, you know, towards the end of the year, I think it's like November or December. I have to check that we can look that up now. That's when I anticipate this happening. Not now, mm -hmm. but towards the end of the year. What do you think? I, I would agree with that. And if there is any shift, it's going to be very small shift. So it's, um, it's not going to be that impactful on the market. Um, but anytime there's a trend upward, <laughs> it creates panic. So that's what we don't want. Um, but again, even if it does tick up slightly, it's still going to be a great market as far as real estate is concerned. But I think you're correct in that assessment. I think it'll be towards the end of this year. It's not going to be anytime sooner. The other thing to consider as well is, you know, rates went down below 3% last week. Mm -hmm. Nobody's talking about this. Right. I mean, this is the first time we've seen them kind of go sub three in a few months. And mm -hmm. that quarter of a point or that eighth of a point change, that, that can make or break a purchase for a lot of people mm -hmm. because buyers always go up to the maximum amount they can afford because they don't want to move again because it's such a stressful process. So knowing that rates are lower, that we're starting to see inventory grow, but let, let's bring it back to the appreciation index. I mean, that that's, uh, you know, when they're talking about deceleration, the, um, the Fannie Mae economic and housing outlook that came out in July. So Q2 where they, they say it peaked is 17.9%. Mm -hmm. The anticipation in Q3 is 16.2%. Right. Then Q4 it drops 14.8. Quarter one, 2022, you're at 12.1. And then here's the drop 6.8% mm -hmm. in Q2 of next year, 6.6, 5.1 and three and four. And if you look at inventory fluctuations uh, and, and Zillow does a nice job with this. So if you, it, it, they have a, um, they have a report that comes out each month and they break it down by marketplace. And by marketplace, I mean like the Philadelphia metro area. You know, they don't just look at, at a county or a city. Typically, inventory reaches its, its trough every year in February. So that's where you see that kind of early wow. year competition. And then all of a sudden, listings come to the market in droves because we now we've seen a seasonal sales schedule this year, which we didn't have last year. I mean, last year it was guns blazing. Let's go May 19th. We're not going to stop working until Christmas time, which is basically what happened. And, and we're not seeing that this year. People are taking vacations, and that's evident from the travel data. So if, if you're a buyer out there and, and you're thinking about waiting, I mean, how many people have, how many people tell you they want to wait, right? Tens, thousands, millions, <laughs> right? So if you're thinking about waiting, you lock in a home now, you might be missing out on a lot of appreciation. Correct. And, and David told us that last week with KCM where there, there could be like $100,000 at stake for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
that's a lot of equity in your home. And that that's really the, the, the path to building wealth. So for those people wanting to wait, seeing this data, knowing that the Fed may raise rates, knowing that the Fed's going to tighten their policy and looking at the deceleration, I mean, wh- what should they be thinking about? Should they be having a meeting? Should they be reevaluating their needs? Because, and this goes for sellers too, especially when the seller's got to go buy another home. I mean, not, not some sellers, they already have their, their new home picked out or it's a second home they're moving to, or they bought it a couple of years ago. They're in the, they're in the best position, but the folks that have to transact a second time and, and make a purchase, what, what's your advice to them or what, what questions should they be asking whoever they talk to? Well, definitely it's time to assess, reassess or assess um, your needs and, and what your motivation is. Um, and again, if, if the rates do go up, you're going to have to make some choices. Are you going to, you know, what, what are you looking for as far as your next home? And if you do decide to wait, are you going to take less of a home or, or pay more money for the home? So there's a choice right there that you're going to be making by waiting. So um, they have to keep that in mind. But questions to ask for sure is um, when you're talking to uh, your agent, uh, you definitely want to know the local market because that's really important because mm-hmm. a lot of this is national. Yes. So find out where you want to be as far as your next move. And you really have to um, you know, do your due diligence in that area and get with a local realtor there, a local agent. And find out what's going on in that market at, at the time. So I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and the national numbers can be misleading. I mean, it, you look at what the, the, the Zillow uh, report that came out. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's Zillow research to come out with a report every month. They gave us some like highlights of what was going on. And, and, and in June, they're, they're saying, well, the, you know, prices were up 3.1% nationally. They were, they were up a lot more here locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, totally. sig- significantly more. Mm-hmm. Um, Rent is also up, and this is an important factor, mm-hmm. 7.1% year over year. So if you're in a rental mm-hmm. and you're thinking about purchasing, it's going to cost you more. And there's no there's no opportunity to build wealth there. Right. What it means is you're paying 7.1% more. So you're paying a bigger profit to your landlord. Mm-hmm. You're paying their taxes. You're paying their insurance. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't get. And you're paying their mortgage form in a lot of cases. So and if you look at the local numbers here, and, and I can break this down for you. I mean, we wish we could just play this video, Nick, we did earlier mm-hmm. today because that would have that explained it all. But you look in Chester County, uh, Chester County, year over year, we're seeing a 14.8% increase in the median right. sale price. Okay. So that's a in median sale price, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's right in line with, with the national numbers. Mm-hmm. When you look at um, Philadelphia, numbers aren't quite the same. Uh, they're at a median home sale increase year over year of 10.6%. Now the price is lower. So I mean, but so it's up from, 235 to 260 through the month of June. So we're, we're seeing similar numbers there. Uh, and in uh, Montgomery County, Delaware County, we were, we were seeing similar numbers at Chester in that, in that uh, 14 to 16% range. So everything that they're, they're saying here is accurate. To me, it's just, it's so critical to understand what's happening to inventory because we've seen a lot more inventory here than other places. We've seen inventory bump up in the suburbs anywhere from 19 to 26% through the month of June. In Philadelphia, it's up a little over 8%. So that's an opportunity for buyers. When you have more choices, mm-hmm. rates dip down. To me, th- this is where you want to look at, okay, we've got maybe six weeks till kids are back in school. Mm-hmm. The summer's over. People are done traveling because it, I don't know about you. It seems like everyone's on vacation right now. Yeah. Or they have a vacation planned yeah. or they're taking a couple of days off here or there. And I'm glad to hear that for the population's sanity. <laughs> what we went through the past 16 months living here. Yep. There's an opportunity there. 
And, totally. and that, that, that to me, and for, for sellers and for buyers, because people still want to get in before the school year. I just had that conversation with buyers today, as a matter of fact, told them about the opportunity because people are away. So there's less competition. They're refocused and uh, they're super motivated buyers because they're renting mm-hmm. and they realize that this is a great opportunity to start building their, their wealth. So uh, their lease is up in September. So, you know, we're, we're getting out there and seeing what's available for them. Well, and that, that, that's a well-educated buyer because they got the right information. That's exactly what we're talking about. So second half of the year, as we wrap this segment up, give me one or two predictions, what you see happens in Q3 and Q4 when we get to our holiday show here. We'll have Nick dressed up as Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, in, in all seriousness, what do, what do you see happening in the next, next five, six months? Well, I think the market is still going to be super strong as it is now. That's for sure. Uh, I believe that buyers. So, so what does strong mean? Strong means uh, <laughs> um, more buyers. Um, I think because they're coming back into the fold after after summer, after vacation, after having fun, doing some other things. So they'll refocus and they're going to come back into the mix. Um, for sellers, um, if they've been doing the same thing, vacationing over the summer, uh, they're going to consider, hey, now's the time because, you know, we, we definitely don't want to miss out on this market. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of that, too, because uh, they're kind of afraid that it might take a shift and they're going to, you know, miss out on the opportunity. Um, so that's what I'm hearing. And uh, so my prediction is I think it's going to continue to be just as fast moving. Um, like you said, maybe not one day on the market couple of days on the market houses will be, but there's still that going on right now. Mm-hmm. So there's still plenty of multiple offer situations and um, it, it is still definitely speed to to see, speed to see, meaning you got to get out and see the house quickly yes. before it goes under contract. Um, but I hope, I'm very hopeful that the inventory will continue to tick up a little bit because that's going to really help the buyers. So, so I, I agree with some of what you're saying. I've got three predictions between now and the end of the year. Rates are going to be higher. Closer to three and a half than three. So we'll put the over under at 3.25 if you like gambling. That's, I'm, I'm taking the over. Um, closer to three and a half than three. I, I'm clear the Fed is going to do something, and, and the rates cannot stay this low forever. I, I am very clear on that. Um, second prediction is that we're going to see more of your traditional contracts being written. Contingencies. Home inspections. I mean, And certainly there's going to be some cases where you have to waive contingencies to get a house. Mm-hmm. may not be what you want to do. It might be what it takes to get that particular home. And the third prediction I'm going uh, to make is that we're going to see inventory increase a little bit. I don't see it getting much higher than about two to two and a half months in, in the suburban markets. And in, in Philadelphia, that seems to lag behind. Obviously, it's a little different market and it's such a bigger area. Um, I see that kind of trending upwards about a month supply as well. So more like a three-month supply than a two-month supply. So I, those, th- that's what I kind of envision happening. I don't see pricing slowing down because mm-hmm. you really got to get to a six month supply for buyers to have any sort of negotiating power. Now, obviously, again, there's the, those individual case studies and I'm not here to diminish those, but I'm talking about the market as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll leave it at those predictions for now. That's that uh, we're going to wrap the first Write segment here. When we come <laughs> back, we got two updates on stories we covered over the past couple weeks. And then our third segment, we've got Super Agent Janine Marie coming on. Super excited for that. It's going to be a, it's going to be fantastic. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. 
I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options for your free pre-approval call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com the real estate all right 15 seconds stand by hot have you considered taking you guys ever need more water just give me a dirty look and i'll get the hint 610-692-6976 or visit our website tomtool.com to connect and take advantage stand by we're coming back Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. Amazing agent, teammate, overall great person. Janine Marie's in the house. She's going to be coming on for the third segment. We're warming her up here, getting her comfortable. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. This next segment, we've got a couple updates on stories we've covered in the past. Um, two pretty big stories in the real estate word, world that affect consumers, and they also affect agents. So the first is the love letter issue. This has been going on for a while, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to see some movement here. We'll cover that in a second. And then obviously the, the NAR DOJ lawsuit, and we've got some speculation on speculation, excuse me, on what the breach of the settlement means for the market and what's getting investigated, which I'm, I'm super interested to get into. So let's, Stacey, let's start first with what happened out in Oregon. So um, about a week ago, they had a vote in Oregon um, The and, and Governor Kate Brown signed a bill into law that said sellers agents must reject the buyer love letter to try to woo sellers to their offers in a new state law. Um, and if it contains anything outside the traditional offer, you can't do it. That's what the law says. What do you think about all this? Well, I think that this is a start. Um, I think we're going to see this be implemented in other states for sure. So it, it's going to be it's going to be trending. That's for sure. Um, I think it's a great idea. I know that uh, there's plenty of risk in these letters. The the buyers don't understand the risk because they just want the house. And they're just like, 100%. oh, please, I just, I love your house and my kids would love it. And the <laughs> church is down the street. And so it contained in that one letter is like so many things that are wrong um, that, that just can't, can't be out there. So just to be able to, um, you know, keep everybody 
from any type of legal ramifications, I think this is a great idea. So if you were to receive a love letter in your offer as a, as a selling agent, it's fine. You can, you have an, you have a real reason to not Mm -hmm. present that letter. So, um, I think the law is definitely needed. Uh, I know how we are on our team and how you feel about the love letters opening up the doors for, uh, some legal issues. And that's definitely not what we want. So I believe that Oregon is the trailblazer here. And I think it's going to happen in many other States. Oregon being the trailblazer. It's like the Oregon trail (laughs) that we, I used to play in second grade. Very, very Mm -hmm. exciting. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is an issue and, and this, this is going on forever. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people were cognizant of it. I mean, there, there's stuff that gets said or happens and it, what, you know, the, the Oregon's doing realtors in Oregon a favor by passing this law, because I'm not, this is not an, if this is a, when someone would file a lawsuit based on that, because how many buyers have you had that lost out on a house mm-hmm. and they're just over it, ticked off, yeah. not happy. Right. Mm-hmm. So anytime that happens, you know, people, I mean, people don't all, you, know, you can sue anyone for whatever reason you want, but this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. And the agents that don't get it, either they need to get educated or they need to get out of the business, in my view. Super risky. I mean, there's no reason to lose your license over this. And ultimately, our job is to get the best price and the best terms for mm-hmm. our clients. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They want to get the home sold and get the best price. So... You know, for me, I'm I'm very non-emotional when it comes to that. It's hey, what's the price? What's the terms? Are they waiving inspections? When do they want to close? Sounds great. The, the the challenge here is that agents are going to have to have some tough conversations with their clients mm-hmm. because there's a lot of sellers out there. Like, I'd love to sell to a family. I'd love to have. I want to have some great neighbors that my my neighbors are really going to like. Well, first of all. You, people act crazy in real estate transactions. I mean, the, the you know, you see like the rawest emotion form, uh, a form of emotion with a lot of people because it's so stressful to begin with. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it opens up the door here. And some agents, they will literally just yes their clients to death, mm-hmm. not give them the real information mm-hmm. and just say whatever they want to hear so they can get the business. Mm-hmm. I hope this gets enforced because... You know, it's not something that should even come up in a business transaction. To me, it's like, okay, what's the bottom line? Do the terms work? What do we need to adjust? Like that that's just how my head works. And I give a lot of credit to Oregon for doing this first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and they go on to say they're not aware of instances where letters have led to lawsuits or legal action. They want to stress to all parties in a real estate transaction should only consider legitimate, non-discriminatory criteria when make making business decisions. I love that yeah, word business decisions. Right. Exactly. Failing to do so could leave realtors in a compromised position. And look, this is our livelihood too. Uh, and there's a reason people get bad reputations because this stuff happened. Look at the Long Island story that was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's they recommend their members explain potential pitfalls to their clients while stressing the importance of sticking to objective criteria in order to adhere to federal and state fair housing laws. So for once, NAR actually said something that made sense, which I'm happy to see. Um and I mean, you look at the, the, the environment right now, according to the uh, Realtor Confidence Index survey, the average home that sold in May had five offers. So, wow. I mean, people, you're splitting hair sometimes, mm-hmm. it, it, which one you're going to go with. And, you know, people are human. They're going to say, well, we were just like them when we moved in. So, I mean, it, you know, it's it, it I, I don't fault anyone here. It's got to be a very clear line, because if there's not, that's where problems can happen. So I, I do applaud Oregon for doing this. I'm glad to see this happen. I'm hoping other states are going to do the same. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I definitely, I think you're going to find it here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, you definitely need to educate your clients about the fair housing laws and, and why these letters are, could be potentially so uh, detrimental. Um, and it, it's a good policy to also inform your clients that you're not going to add any letters mm -hmm. to the offer that basically the the standard offer of, you know, the standard agreement of sale, the deposit money notice, buyer's financial and pre-approval letter are pretty much the backbone of the offer mm -hmm. and not going to include any other um, literature along with that offer. So he here's here's the rub. I mean, people say, what else can we do to get the offer accepted? How can we get creative? And this is where the mm -hmm. agents, and we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when, uh, when Steve Bazogany from our team was in here, mm -hmm. where, and you did this and it worked pretty well, where you literally, you send the video mm -hmm. to the other agent, say, hey, Janine, it's Tom Tool here. I can promise you I'm going to be really easy to work with. These yeah. buyers understand how the market works. I've educated them on the process. They know that the inspection's not an opportunity to renegotiate the terms of the sale. All the hot button issues you know you look for on the listing end, you should be communicating that on behalf of your client because we can send stuff and do whatever we need to. That way there's not this fair housing issue. Mm -hmm. And there's also you know, very clear communication that's innovative that most people are never going to do. I, mm -hmm. I guarantee you 95% of agents will never do this. And, and you know, we've put it right. out there in a couple different forms. That, to me, is the way to massage the offer, show them you're going to be easy to work with, because I can tell you that no seller wants a pain-in-the-butt buyer. No seller wants that difficult buyer that's going to grind them on everything. And if you make that clear mm -hmm. in a professional way, that's the opportunity here. And most agents aren't going to do it. Most yeah. agents don't even call you when they send an offer. You are so right about that. It just you're pops just up get, in your email. Right. And you're like, oh my gosh. Did, and I checked my phone. Did somebody reach out to me and tell me an offer was coming through? Nope. No, not at all. So I, I don't know who the agent is. There's no communication. I'm going to sift through the offer and see what it is. I, I don't even know. You know, I know, have no background about, about the offer. It just popped in my box. So I definitely don't work that way. I feel that um, getting to know the other agent is so important having them understand how you work and what your work ethic is um, on behalf of your client, that really, it kind of lays the foundation of how smooth the transaction is going to go from start to finish, because that is the most important part. You're working together as a team. Cooperating like the other agent, agent. Right. It's cooperating see, right? agent. <laughs> it's not, you're not the enemy. The mm -hmm. other person's not the enemy. I, for some reason, there's a lot of agents that feel that way. Um, but no, you're working as a team on behalf of your clients, but everybody has the same goal. The same end result is to get the deal done. So I think that works better. Definitely using the video, reach out to the other agents, get to know the other agents. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a small circle in the long run. It really is. Um, being I, nice I goes a long being, way. Being nice goes uh, a and, very and long way. We're not way. kidding. But I mean, so, and that's this true. Is, if, you're, if you're someone out there that's looking to buy or sell a home and you have a purchase transaction in your future... I'd be asking your agent this question. What are you going to do to present the offer? What's your process? Like, that's a great question to ask for all the consumers that are listening here, because if you're doing that and they say, well, I just email it over to them. Okay. That doesn't sound too exciting to me. I'm not necessarily on board to hire that person. If you say something to the effect of, well, I'm going to send them a personalized video to the agent, let them know I'm easy to work with. I know how to close a sale. We're well-versed. We're going to make this a simple transaction. It'll be smooth. You know, that, that goes a long way. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm clear that that's a great way an agent can kind of differentiate themselves. Mm -hmm. So Bravo, Oregon. Good job. Proud of you guys out there on the West Coast. Hopefully this happens where we are. Let's talk briefly about 
this NAR DOJ settlement that got called off because of the lawsuit between the two that there's, um, so, so, so again, some back background story here, less than two weeks ago, uh, after the U S department of justice pulled out of the proposed settlement with the national association of realtors, because they wanted to broaden its investigation. There, there was like a clue that got dropped. Um, and, and so what, what happened in May of last year, it's the PLS, which is, uh, the PLS is the, um, it, it's a website that was, um, called the, uh, I think it's the private listing, uh, network is the name of it or, or, or the private listing service, something pocket listing service, something mm-hmm. like that. Pocket listing. Yeah. They, so they, it's, it's a private listing network for real estate agents. Um, so the PLS filed an antitrust lawsuit again, and against NAR and two of the large, uh, multiple listing services about the clear cooperation policy, which says that you have one business day to enter all listings into the MLS mm-hmm. if you want to start marketing it. And, you know, basically to curb pocket listings and, and a pocket listing is if, you know, Janine comes up to me and says, Hey, I, I want you to sell my home. I don't want any forward facing marketing, but could you work your network? Could you call people? Could you do things on, you know, on, on a, on a, on a quieter sort, sort of method than the big announcement blast off of, of most listings that, that, that basically became, you, you couldn't do it. There's a $5,000 fine, um, for the first offense. So that case got dismissed in February. The PLS appealed. And then on June 2nd, uh, the antitrust division, division of the DOJ filed an amicus brief that didn't support either party, but echoed the arguments in the PLS's appeal. <clears throat> and it, it um, also notified the court that the DOJ had a then pending consent judgment with NAR. So this is what they're talking about. So what do you think about all this? <laughs> <coughs> I'm really trying to figure out the their uh, end goal here, um, but you know they're they're starting to show some of their hand what what they're trying to do. But yeah, I know that that's what it's real strict when you start to advertise um, mm-hmm. a listing. You have to get into the MLS within one business day, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's it's to protect and to to get it out in front of the other agents. So it does deter from those pocket listings. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how much more the DOJ is is going to be uh, dredging up here, and and more of what they're going to be um, trying to go after. So I'm, it's kind of like as the pieces are falling. Well, and and it says uh, when the, when the DOJ filed this amicus brief, it didn't take a position on the merits of the case. It did say this quote: "This brief that they they filed the brief because the." Dis- the district court appears to have committed several errors of law that could adversely affect antitrust enforcement well beyond the instant context. And when you think about it, and you know, th- th- this has a lot of, lot of merit because what that clear cooperation policy does is you have to you know, become a member of NAR to even get into the MLS where all the listings are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, now all of a sudden you have a seller. So let's say, you know, Janine comes up to me and says, Tom, I, I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm moving out of the area and I'm on, you know, I, I don't want anyone to know like that. That's the seller's right ultimately. But they're saying, if you want to hire an agent, you still got to put it in the MLS anyway. And then it's going to get distributed everywhere with in, in internet um, exchange feeds and Zillow and all these different websites. So basically if you want to use an agent and you want them to market it more than just to the people in their office and their own database, you got to put it in the MLS. 
And, you know, for a, especially you go to a place like California where there's like a lot of celebrities or right. even even around here, if you got, you know, political officials or whomever, they want some mm-hmm. privacy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they've got to put their home in the MLM. Maybe they don't want to do that. There's and no now privacy there. That's for so sure. you're forcing them to do one of two things. Go right. for sale by owner mm-hmm. or go to a listing agent that is not a realtor, mm-hmm. which NAR is basically hurting their own their own people here. They're supposed to support. Um you know, it, it it's it, it kind of it, it's you know to me I I see where they're coming from here and I I don't like this policy I've said this many times mm-hmm. so that makes a little more sense uh I you know I I I would anticipate this this might get overturned now I mean if mm-hmm. this is what the DOJ the, the other rules they passed like that was fine I don't yeah. think anybody really cared I think they were already implemented anyway weren't they most MLSs mm-hmm. are doing it right now right. where you can't filter based on the buyer co-op, cooperating fee exactly. The fees disclosed, mm-hmm. and and then some of these websites that you know run portals like a like a Zillow or a Redfin or these other companies, they disclose that mm-hmm. you can't limit lockbox access, and that talks about okay. the electronic lockbox, which to me is a pain in the butt, and I think it's irresponsible for agents not to have that keypad yep. because how are you supposed to represent your clients if you can't show all the homes? But that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, uh, the 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 fourth point was that buyer agents cannot say it's free to work with them. Well, it's not free. Someone's paying that money. I mean, I, right. I don't, that doesn't, all that stuff's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm clear that there, there might be a chance this pocket listing policy gets, get, gets turned over with it because, because the DOJ is going to do what the DOJ wants to do. Mm-hmm. And NAR is going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And w- what do you think? That's what we're trying to figure out. What's the DOJ going to do? <laughs> right. I don't know. I still think that they, there's something more to it um, than, than what's coming out yet, because why would they craft their own, um, uh, their own settlement and then withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still waiting to find out exactly what well, the, what the, more is in store. There mm-hmm. was there was an administration change. Administration right. change. I'm right. sure that has something to do with it. And if you look at a lot of the policies coming out um, from President Biden, I mean, he's talking about rolling back 1031s. He's yeah. talking about eliminating non competes. Like there, there's some there's some business legislation coming out of the mm-hmm. White House now. And this this is probably a directive of that, in my view. Um, and whether or not you agree with that, here's what I know for the realtors listening. This is, whatever happens is going to happen here. You better be ready to pivot, defend right. your position, mm-hmm. and understand how to run your business because this is going to go down. However, it goes down, and that's not. I mean, you can't you can't stress about that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about any of this. It's more of okay, this happened. Now, now what? what do we do, and how do we pivot so we can protect? you know, like dig a moat around our, our, our castle, around our business, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, I just don't, I, I, I hope this policy does get overturned because I think it hurts a lot of sellers in some cases. Although I would just, the best way to get the best price is to blast out all the marketing. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any question there, Right, but but some people may not want to do it. They want to protect their privacy, which I'm, I'm a firm believer Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. So very interesting development here. We're going to see what happens, but I mean, you know, this is the way this administration is going right now. The past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of, you know, changes to traditional business that have come out mm-hmm. and this is just another one. So I, I don't, I don't see anything else happening more than that, but they're going to do what they want to do. Agents better be ready to adapt. That would be my advice to anyone listening. And for the, the clients out there, I mean, just again, just follow the rules. I think it's that simple. Oh, yes. You have to do what you have to do. So on that note, we're going to come back hot with Janine Marie from our team. Very excited to have her talk about competing against discount brokerages and what that means for the consumer. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. 
I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first time buyer programs and low down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool. All right, stand by. We're coming back. It's 10-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. All right, all right, all right. We are back with the final segment of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. This is, uh, I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, and we have special guest, friend, teammate. We've been pumping this up the whole show, Janine Marie. Janine, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. Very cool. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. We are the number one REMAX team since 2018 in Pennsylvania and Delaware. So we wanted to have Janine on for a lot of reasons, but specifically, you know, right now, especially when we're in a market like this, there's a lot of discount brokerages that come out of the, out of the woodwork. Um, and what we mean by discount brokerage is they, you know, you get this objection from sellers. You guys have probably heard it. I'll just put it on the internet. I'll do this myself. I don't need you. And, and, and this ha- and that's okay. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And recently, Janine uh, competed against a, a pretty, sounded like a pretty competitive listing from what you had shared with me. And I'll, I'll let her kind of take the lead on this and was able to guide these folks through the process to understand the value that a full-time agent who is well-informed and knows the market can deliver. So, Ginny, why don't you tell us about yourself first, and then we'll kind of jump into the case study here and explain this to everyone listening so they know what to ask, what not to ask in these listing appointments. Well, yes, I'm Janine, as you mentioned before, <laughs> <laughs> with the Tom Toll Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Been with uh, you guys since December 2020, helping buyers and sellers in this amazing market. So, yeah, just kicking butt out here. She's been kicking butt out there. <laughs> Trying sure. to. At least. Very humble. <laughs> I know. Stacey's like, yeah, let's go get her. But uh, so set up this this scenario here because I know um, it was a, a listing where in an area where you have a ton of expertise. So talk about how you got in touch with the client, maybe what the appointment went like, and some of the things you heard from sellers because I guarantee you there's someone listening right now mm-hmm. that's thinking about working with this kind of broker. And obviously, we want people to make great decisions not ones that maybe are short-sighted and not looking at the bottom line or the long term. Right, right. So, um, well, these sellers had called in, and um, so they reached out to us. And so set the appointment, 
had a great listing appointment with them um, when we got to the point where we were about to sign the contract. Of course, you know, as sellers want to do, they want to talk about it and take a day or take a night to sleep on it. And so they did. So I followed up the next day. And when I followed up, they said that this was such a hard decision because it's such life-changing money. They thought I was a seller agent, very thorough, very personable. But they were considering going with a discount brokerage for the reason of money savings. So they wanted to save money and save on the costs. Mm-hmm. So what, what, well, it, when, when you got into it with them, I mean, what was, what was the plan for the discount broker? I mean, t- talk to us a little bit about what the points of difference were, because I don't know that a lot of people realize how much work goes into getting a home sold right. from the marketing side, from just helping the people make decisions, pricing the property. So wh- what, was, what was the plan? What were the points of difference? Because ultimately you got the listing signed and, you, and, you're, and you're working with these folks. Well, I think the biggest thing is they didn't make themselves stand out. Um, you know, truthfully, uh, the only thing they offered was that discount savings. Um, so really, uh, in comparison, you know, in communicating our value and how we're going to make sure to present their property and have the right uh, emotional reaction to buyers mm-hmm. to get the most proceeds and to have it sold um, in the quickest amount of time possible with um, them also being positioned correctly to maximize on this market, they that wasn't communicated through that discount brokerage. And I think that was one of the biggest things that they had to consider. You said something really interesting there. They didn't make themselves stand out. And, and this isn't even just discount brokerage. This is most agents that they have like a three-point plan, right? Where they put a sign up, right? they put it on the internet, and then they wait for somebody to show up. I mean, was that kind of the plan you were here? Was it even that aggressive? Because, I mean, were they even <laughs> doing that kind of stuff? I mean, that's... Because I, yeah. I think that that it doesn't sound like they were going to do anything. Yeah, I don't know if they were even that aggressive as far as uh, I'm concerned. They were just really just going to be listing their property on the MLS and, like like you said, put a sign up where the difference was we were doing a mega open house for them. Um, and not only were we bringing professionals in to present the property correctly um, and making sure to bring a staging team in to make sure to guide them through the process, um, and then give them that expert advice. And also we did a lot of sweat equity work and that was communicated with them in terms of reaching out to agents in the area that were high producing and make sure that they got as many eyes and as many feet in the door. And, uh, in the end, we just communicated that value and they saw the difference. Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned a, a mega open house and, and I, I find this to be really intriguing because a lot of people, you know, most agents and, and this is anybody, they show up like 10 minutes before. They put a sign up out front and then they just wait for people to show up. So what does that mean? Maybe go a little deeper on that for the people that don't know what we're talking about, because I I think it's really important to understand the details, because you say the word open house can mean a lot of things. We're talking about execution and delivering value, which is obviously what you did. Well, the open house really is a lot of sweat equity work that you have to go into it. It isn't just the day of. Prior to that, we're going to make sure to put it online, put it on all the different websites, um, the real estate platforms that people are in those spaces, but also um, going to be on social media platforms as well. We're going to make sure to market and advertise that correctly. And then the day of, we're going to put, I, I know for this property, put 14 signs up. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> a lot of signs. Not, not to mention um, before this open house, I also called, um, did a cold call throughout this whole neighborhood and um, got in touch with over 100 neighbors wow. to invite them to this open house. So we did the work, mm-hmm. put the work in. It isn't just putting a sign outside the door. Well, you did all the things that agents don't like doing. They don't like calling people. 
They don't like prepping, right? These are all the challenges why agents fail. That's why 87% of them are out of the business in five years. So when, so how did you win them over? Because I think it, you know, it's people, you know, everyone, I can't blame anyone for looking for a deal. I, I get it. Um, and obviously we want to maximize the sale price, not just have a lower cost because they could have lower proceeds based on what they sell it for. So what was that conversation like? Because I know this was, I mean, this was a, a big win in a lot of ways, especially for the seller, but also for you, because you were able to communicate your value effectively with a lot of, a lot of agents just can't do that. Well, the key was follow up. Um, you know, after our appointment, they I felt great about the appointment. I felt that they felt great about the appointment. But obviously, you know, something was bearing on their mind. So the next day we set an appointment to follow up. And so when we did that, um, you know, they told me their concerns. They told me that that obviously this is a life changing amount of money. And so this is a difficult decision. And so I led with empathy. And uh, communicated to them that there's going to be a huge difference in value that they'll receive between me versus a discount brokerage. And that in the end, you think you're saving money, but you're not because discount brokerages means also discount services. And you're still going to get the maximum amount of services from me and also going to be able to, the bare minimum, you're going to get a, not leave any money on the table because we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that doesn't happen. And so, you know, she loved what I was saying and, you know, her and her husband had to talk about it a little more. Sure. And again, I followed up and we set an appointment. So once we followed up again, um, it was interesting because when I got on the phone, I knew to notice something was wrong. And she said that they just had a family member die in their family. Oh. So she couldn't talk. And so we just, you know, I said, so sorry, condolences, quickly got off the phone. But, you know, people want you to work for them, but not just see them as a number. They want you to work for them and genuinely care about them as people. So I definitely um, made it a point to send her a um, sympathy card. And Wow. Yeah, and I, I think they definitely appreciated that. Sure. Um, she definitely communicated that they really appreciated that. And then um, she called me. I was actually on vacation when she called me, and they had a list of questions for me. I was able to answer all those questions on how I would advocate for them in the negotiating process. And then she felt comfortable after, uh, you know, basically this, you know, this track up record of communicating my value on inward and action. Mm -hmm. And that's how, how I believe I want it. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing is you made it about the, the person, not the property. And a lot of times that doesn't happen with a lot of agents. So uh, that, that, I mean, that's tremendous. I, I didn't know all this. This is actually very, I mean, this is, this is very eye opening. So, uh, so talk to us about, um, you know, like what happened after that? So you, you launch a listing, things go, what kind of results were you seeing? Oh, we had a wonderful open house. We had a great weekend and the open house obviously brought the buyer to us and we were over asking by 10%. So it was one, wow. it was a great open house. And right now with smooth selling, we got it on the terms that they needed because they had already bought a home and mm -hmm. they were relocating and, um, and yeah, so wow. <laughs> they were happy They're Yeah, they're very happy. Well, and when you look at what the discount brokerages do, and I'm I'm on their website right now. So when you look at the, their 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 package here and everything else, all it says is we'll get some photos done, we'll put it for sale, sign up, and we'll keep you updated. Mm -hmm. But you had people come to the buyer came to the open house, and you sold it ten percent above the asking price. So I mean th that that's just one example. You're talking about sweat equity. They they don't do any of that stuff and. My view is that in this market, it's really easy to leave money on the table. They probably would have sold the house. I don't think there's any question. Right. Would they have gotten 10% more than the ask? 
I mean, you know, the answer is no. And I think that that's where it's really important because there, there is no run up. They don't do the data analysis, say, we'll do it for less sign here, but they're not netting as much money. And that was pretty important to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they wanted to make the most that they could because obviously there's this is setting the stage <clears throat> for their next phase of life. So, <laughs> you know, but just being able to help them understand that this is not a just list your home and then get the most out of the home. There's homes that are still right now, there are sellers that are still leaving money on the table. Mm-hmm. And they need to understand that unless you have the expertise behind you and the team behind you, you can you 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 still won't get the most out of this market. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, I mean, and you meant I mean, it's setting them up for their next step stage of life here. So I mean, the, the, you know, the, there's a lot of money on the line, and that's what I don't I don't think people realize that. And you, and it's the same thing with like a for sale by owner. Like you can you can sell it on your own, but statistically, you're going to sell that home anywhere from nine to seventeen percent less than what you could get have you have someone really professionally marketing the property for them. So. What advice do you have for people that are maybe considering this, whether it's on the purchase or the or the or the sell side? Because a lot of times these companies they they really push for the purchase, and you got to use them on both ends in order to get the get the rebate. But you know, what advice do you have? Because you've obviously taken someone through, helped them tremendously in a tough time in their life where they may not even be thinking clearly, and you and you delivered a great result in a stressful financial situation because these all these deals are stressful. There's not a one. There's not one that's not. It's just the level of stress that comes through. So what advice do you have for the consumers out there thinking about going that route? Well, as for the consumers here, uh, you have to understand that, you know, having nothing in the real estate is as easy as it seems. It, <laughs> this is True. not, uh, you know, like selling, this is not the type of asset that's an easy sell. Um, you have to have the right uh, person behind you advocating for you. And that's going to really work on your behalf. And as far as agents are concerned, agents need to make sure that they express their value and look at the person, not just as a transaction, but make sure that you're looking at that person and uh, communicating that you're going to really advocate in their behalf. And mm-hmm. when you do that, I really believe people will put their trust and their loyalty in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something about trust there. And, and you know, the, the, I mean, and you talked about follow up and how you d- led with empathy when, when I hear the word trust, a lot of times that's, it's almost like integrity where it's doing what you say you will, when you say you will, or letting them know, Hey, the next time you're going to hear from me is this instead of, so, so they're not freaking out waiting for the next call. What's going on. So what are some of the techniques you use to build trust for the agents that are listening? Um, as far as building trust. Yeah. Just as you said, you know, saying what you do, what doing, what you say and following through. And um, so in doing this, I make sure to set the appointment. Um, It's in my Google Calendar. It's in my CRM. And I get those reminders because we're busy as agents, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you don't drop the ball there because as soon as you do, you start to lose that trust from the client. So follow up and do what you say you will, when you say you will. So love it. So, I mean, I think this is really helpful for anyone that's maybe thinking about going that direction. We've got a couple minutes left here. Anything else you want to share, Janine? Stacy, any questions you got for Janine? I want to make sure we, well, we go go ahead. There was one thing that Janine uh, had mentioned when the sellers were asking you questions, and it was, how are you going to um, represent me through the offer process? It was something like that. So right. really navigating through offers. If there's multiple offers, how, you know, you would have the expertise mm-hmm. to explain each and every one of them, where is 
you know, if you have, if you're selling on your own, you might not understand the nuances mm -hmm. between the offers. Right. So I think that's vital and that's important because that's where things could really go sideways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we always have that upfront conversation about what is the ideal offer. Mm -hmm. And we set that standard from the gate. And then, um, you know, we always, whenever those offers come in, make sure to explain the contract and where is it where we need to be aware of once we're under contract um, in terms of making sure that they're protected and that is going to be a smooth transaction for them as a seller. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was interesting that they would consider a discount brokerage firm. I know that people like to you know, do their due diligence, mm -hmm. but having expressed to you that this is just their, their life-changing um, opportunity Right. to get the most out of their, you know, the most equity out of the home. But on that, on one hand, it was a life-changing opportunity. But on the other hand, they would consider the discount brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. So they could be leaving money on, on the table. You know what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that, so really helpful stuff here. So Janine, thanks for coming on. I know uh, it was a little outside your comfort zone here. We appreciate <laughs> you. And uh, I, I mean, obviously, I think there's, there's some great information that you're going to be able to share with people. So uh, w w this, this, uh, you know, any other questions you guys have, you can reach us at info at tooltimeradio.com. You want to follow Janine. She's at Janine Marie on Instagram. It's uh, J A N I N E M I R E E. Great place to connect with her. Stacy's at the number two Mitch C O at two Mitch Co. I'm at Tom Tool 3 RD. You can find our live stream on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. And again, this is Tooltime Radio, Tooltime Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM.